1: Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Here with you on Friday, May 17th, Aaron Portsign in kind of a drizzly gray Columbus, joined by Allison Lucan.
2: Good morning.
1: And Tom Reed. Good morning. The Blue Jackets have made a couple of moves. I think everyone's waiting for the big shoe to drop. Is John Davidson heading back to New York? Or is he staying in Columbus as of Friday a.m.? No no white smoke billowing from uh, Nationwide Arena, so we don't have an answer there yet. Um, I don't think it'll surprise anybody if John Davidson leaves and goes back to New York, but it could surprise a few if he decides to stay. Uh, The Blue Jackets with a couple of moves, uh, nothing earth-shattering. I think both expected moves. They signed Emil Bemström to his entry-level deal, three years. He might be a Blue Jacket next year, at least for part of the season. He's going to get a long look in training camp. Um, had a really good year in the Swedish League. And Elvis Merzlikens has signed the contract that has been talked about ever since his entry-level contract was sort of, um, I wouldn't say forced upon the Blue Jackets, but insisted upon. Uh, so he burned that first-year entry-level, and now he is on a one-way one-year contract, uh, and the Blue Jackets may have their goaltender for next year. We can't be sure. Jarmo Kekalainen is saying uh, that very easily Merslekins and Corpasalo could be their one-two punch next year, that he would trust that group to do it. Uh, certainly can't rule out a move in free agency. I'm not sure if I believe... Not that he's lying. I think Yarmo's saying what he needs to say at this time of year. But I'm not sure if I believe that Corpus Alumers leakins could be 1-2 uh, when this team starts the season. Uh, Tom, you want to take in on this one. Is this... It's possible, sure. Likely. What do you think?
3: Hmm... So, so in, in 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 the scenario that you're dis, you're possibly discussing, what would happen to Corpus Salo if let's say they bring in, let's say they bring in a another goalie who a veteran goalie? Obviously, we'd be talking about a veteran goalie. Yeah. What becomes what becomes the the, the three goalie mix? How, how would you remedy that?
1: Well, I think there's a few different things they could do. They could send Rzaykin's to Cleveland. Risky business um, he would not need waivers, but he they would have to pay his NHL salary it's a one-way deal uh, but if he's not ready and and needs needs work, I think that's certainly something they could do, but they wouldn't know that upon the signing of the player so maybe you tried to to sneak Corpus Allo through waivers that wouldn't happen either so I, I think if they sign a free agent, it likely it likely uh, prompts a trade I think uh, Corpus Allo would be moved. Uh, and in that scenario, then you probably need to go sign yet another guy, a Kincaid type, who can be a, an AHL, NHL uh, back and forth type guy, um, which all of this, of course, lends credence to Yarmo's point. Like at some point, you've got to know if, if these guys can run with it. And Corpus Allo's maybe had a chance a couple of times and has been eh. I don't think he pushed as hard for playing time as they would have liked last season. But I think there's a lot of moving parts if they sign a free agent.
3: Yeah, no, I, I could see it. I could see your scenario happening. I could, I could see them maybe bringing in a veteran, and I do think it would be uh, at the expense of Corpusalo. Yeah, uh, I think that one of the risks that you run with Merzlikens. Now, again, you're, you're always trying to do what's best for your organization and best for the player. But boy, if he struggled and they sent him back to Cleveland at age 25, mm-hmm. that starts to get into a very dicey territory for me. So I, I would almost that gives more more credence to you or maybe bringing in a veteran, and at, at worst, then saying, look, if you're, if if if, if like ultimately wins the job at the beginning and then shows that he's having some rough patches, hey, just let this, just take a break, take the take, let's reset for a couple games here. I think that's much more palatable for him than it is. We're sending you to Cleveland. Yeah. Sorry, you just signed this one-way deal that you're going to Cleveland for two weeks. Work on your game.
1: Yeah. Now, Allison, this is the team, these Blue Jackets that are probably going to lose Panarin. They are possibly going to lose Duchene. I think you can reasonably assume if those two things come to pass that this is a team that's going to have a harder time scoring goals this coming season than they did. So that puts you in one direction there. I think that's reasonable. That puts you in one direction there. That, that takes away the margin for error in goal that maybe you have less of that on that end too if you bring two young guys in uh, Corpus Allo, Merzlikens is a one-two punch. What are we talking about risk-wise here if those are the two guys at the start of the season?
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree with, with all of your points on what the team would look like. I think that the team was probably going is probably going to have to really consider how they play regardless of who comes in because, you know, as I've beaten the horse all through the season and it is part of what bit them in the playoffs is that this is a team that rode a high shooting percentage most of the season. They did not often win the possession battle, if you will. Um, yeah. So they've they've got to just generate more. Forget about getting the puck in the net. <clears throat> Excuse me. They need to generate more overall. Um, but, I, you know, I don't... A, a few months ago, if you said this was what they were going to do, I would have said no way, um, as far as it being Elvis and and Corposalo. But I, I don't know. I feel like I look around... The potential market of what goaltenders are going to be available. I, I don't know that any of them are great options, or are going to be a player that maybe this team wants to throw a ton. Like, if Leonard's available, sure, but he's going to want money, right? Like, and for sure. And and if we look at to your point, if Panarin's gone, if Duchene is gone, this team is going to have to be active on the the skater free agent market. They're going to have to sign Wierenski. They've got some other guys they have to sign. Right now I'm in a place where I almost am okay with the risk
0: yeah.
2: because I feel like the dollars that this kind of backup goaltending move would require might be better spent elsewhere. And I also don't, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember back to the Calder Cup year but, you know, someone raised a point, too, and, and I agree with whomever already said it, that, you know, Korpisalo didn't seize the role like maybe he could have. But the guy has never gotten regular playing time. And sometimes that that's a big deal to a goalie finding his rhythm. Um, is there still one more chance to be afforded to him? May, maybe. I, right now, I, if this is how they go into next season, I'm not going to go screaming into the hills.
1: Yeah. I'll say this about Korpisalo. It is a tough spot. That job. I mean, everybody knows Bobrovsky's going to get 60 games. But I don't think it was just lip service this year early when Tortorella said we're going to give him every opportunity to, to play. Like, it's not going to be... He's not going to sit on the bench for two and a half weeks between starts if he's playing really well. And he, he got off to a good start record-wise, but his numbers were not great early in the season when they gave him a chance for regular playing time with... Bobrovsky, you remember some of those games where you're like, whoa, he's starting again. And I do think if he had played better, if he had really grabbed some games and run with them, I think he could have maybe made more starts. I think Bob could have been into the mid-50s rather than the low-60s again. Um, I also look at it this way. like there's, There's no way you cannot get around the fact that that position is absolutely massively important. But you look at the final four teams in the playoffs right now, well, the three teams in the playoffs, <laughs> or as of last night, Carolina made it to where they made it with Peter Morazic and Curtis McElhenney. Right. San Jose's made it where they're at with Martin Jones. I'm looking at the Blues page on NHL.com right now to find out the name of the damn goaltender, first name Bennington. Um, that's where I'm at with this kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Like it the position is hugely important, but it doesn't have to be a rock star for the position to be handled well. The other thing that, that I come back to is Robin Leonard was fan and I'm not talking about his, his the, the the uh battles he has fought off the ice, full full marks him. I'm just talking about his play on the ice. He was fantastic this year.
2: Yeah.
1: But can you say that you know he's gonna be fantastic next year? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like would you dare go in on a long-term contract? And there were other guys in this in, in the league this year that did the same thing. I just don't know if I throw uh, big money at any of these at any of these guys that that had really good years this year. Um, I mean, you know, Thomas Grice. he was out of his mind. Do you, do you throw huge money at him? Uh, I mean it goes, you know, you Peter Morazic. Do you do you trust in Peter Morazic? I don't know. I don't know if I do. To be honest with you. Tom am I am I right here?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you're bringing whoever my thought would be is you're bringing in the person to be the backup to uh to Elvis but could Play for long stretches, uh-huh. uh, not necessarily as, I don't even know necessarily as the bridge guy, but someone who, if, if if all of a sudden Elvis is not playing well, can take you, carry you 20, 30 games, now again, it gets into how much money are these guys going to want to make, I don't know, uh, I don't know that part of it well enough. But your point is well taken about, and this has been a trend, right, late, lately about goalies. And it'll be interesting to see what Bob gets. Uh, well, you know, the, the look where the Rangers are at the end of Lundquist's contract. My goodness. You talk about a, what looks like a really bad contract right now, right. Um, what's going to be the last three or four years of that deal. And Bob is what, 30? How old is Bob?
2: He'll be 31 when the season starts.
3: Yep. Right, so let's lose, use Lundqvist as an example. Who was on a very good team at the time when they signed him? His they've missed the playoffs the last couple of years, and he he has not been good for the last two years. And they have two more years left on that deal. Yeah,
1: that so, so I
3: guess the point the point is is that yes, you look at Matt Murray. Matt Murray may be the good example now, of you just brought a guy in from the minors and he won you two Stanley cups in a row. Right. Right. Uh, right. That, that says a lot about the rest of the players around him to, to Alice's point earlier about, look, the money be- might be better spent, whatever money you're spending elsewhere, because we've seen what Pittsburgh has been able to do with just, uh, and nothing against Matt Murray. I mean, he did win the Stanley cups and everything, but they just brought this guy up for the minors and he won a couple of cups. So, uh, I wouldn't be spending a ton of money on, on that on, on a backup goalie if I'm bringing that guy in.
2: Well, and listen to the. I mean, let's look at this the other way. Listen to the job we've just described. You're not the starter. You're not a bridge guy, and we don't want to pay you a lot. Like, what free agent yeah, goaltender right. wants that job, right? I mean,
1: like an August 15th signing.
2: <laughs> you know, and I mean, and I say that with respect to the player. Like, that's not an enticing pitch, and if it is an enticing pitch back to what we were saying about the quality of the field are are the players who are willing to take that, is their game at a level that they're able to fill the role? You know, I mean, like, I, like the more we talk through this again, like I just, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on, unless it's a guy who's truly going to be number one in Cleveland and can come up if needed. I, I just, I don't, I don't see this as being a big splash area or a big move area that the jackets must make.
1: Yeah, and here, so I, I'm currently drinking coffee from a mug that says, "Wait, let me overthink this." <laughs> uh, so this is only apropos, but if you're Yarmolkekalin and you don't say right now, "Yeah, we're going to get a free agent goalie," true, right? Because it, what does that say to Corpusalo and Rzlikans? What does it say to the marketplace? Right? True. true. You don't know. You don't know what the next month and a half is going to hold before free agency. So why why would you dare advertise that? Why tell somebody and why tell somebody in your employee that you're looking for someone to take their job until it happens? Makes no sense. Totally. Um, I also think they're try- I think there's a part of me that 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 thinks they're trying to be respectful of Corpus solo here and not just come out right now and say, no. Elvis is the guy okay like we've invested in him for years now and now we've invested in him contractually he is the guy and and he's going to be our goalie this year but we're not gonna we're not telling Corpus Allo right now that he's been passed over again uh, and maybe they are trying to trade Corpus solo and it, so why would that why would it behoove you to announce to the entire league that you don't really trust the guy you've already got here. You don't know about the guy who's coming in. So maybe you're going to go out and get another person that doesn't, that doesn't benefit you either. Um, I just, and Tom, we talked about this the other day. I get why he did it, but man, the blue jackets, I think would feel a lot better about themselves if they had a chance to see Merzlikens play in oh, Cleveland and just, absolutely. just kick ass in Cleveland for two weeks. Um, and then maybe they know. Maybe they say, <laughs> between these two guys, we definitely have a starter. It's up to them how it sorts out.
3: I, I, I'll throw one more. And this this goes into uh, the point of we don't know where, when the music stops, where some of these other goalies around the league are going to run up, right? That's right. I think one, 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 one that's interesting is what's going to happen with the Rangers. Because I can't believe they're going to you – know, they're bringing in their own – Elvis Merzlikins, the the top, their top prospect is going, is coming in this year, and I cannot believe they are going to force Gregorjev, Georgiev, for however you pronounce his name, to go play in the minors all year, right? Uh, and and Lundqvist, I guess, has recently come out, and you know, there's there's thought of maybe he, maybe he finally accepts moving on somewhere for his last year or so of his deal, but I think that's going to be a very interesting situation in New York with a goaltending situation and if you're, you're Georgieff you're like wait a minute I don't want to be here I'm not going to go play in the minors I was the best goalie here last year and I was the best goalie with the Rangers at the end of the year before so right. why am I being the guy that's having to be forced to set to the minors I just think that's going to be a very interesting situation to monitor
2: well yeah. and, and let's let's be let's look at what even this year has shown us too is that if both guys can play well, Corposalo and Elvis, a tandem approach is just fine. I mean, we saw it in, uh, in with the Islanders this year. We saw it with Boston. I mean, you have to make a call obviously in the postseason, but it's not good. It's not going to be unheard of if these two guys deck it out, and there isn't a clear number one right away. To your well, point,
3: Carolina too, right? Well, well, point?
2: they had what 800 goaltenders, them and the Flyers. Well,
3: but, t- well, toward the end, right. the, 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 Curtis did get some games. He,
2: he did. He did. And I think, you know, to your point, Aaron, in terms of message, message sending, I don't know that there has to be even a perception of a number one now or, or maybe even next season. Maybe it is a true tandem as this all goes down.
1: Imagine the the benefit for a club that could have a starting goaltender making eight hundred and twenty five grand or whatever it is that... That he's gonna make this year. Exactly. That's crazy. Yep. After you've just paid a goalie seven point four million for three <laughs> years. Maybe they could trade John Davidson to the Rangers for Giorgio, <laughs> A Yikes. goalie for Police swap. Uh so we're watching the playoffs here. I'm sure that most listeners to this are. And you just saw Boston mop up uh you know, clearly an overmatched Carolina team. Team with a lot of flaws, as we've talked about here before. Oh boy! Um, an and issue. I'm wondering. Uh, I've, I've I've done some some uh, work here. The last team to lose three straight years to the eventual Cup champion. It's not that long ago. Vancouver, 2012. They lost. Uh, they lost to Los Angeles. Boston and Chicago, uh, going from 2012, 11, and 10. Before that, St. Louis in 1999 had done it for three straight years, losing to Detroit, Detroit, Dallas. Um, This is the third year in a row Columbus can confront this question. I think it's a little bit different this year because they lost to them in the second round. Does it make it easier? Does it make it more frustrating if you're a Blue Jackets fan to have lost – the cup champion and let's just start specifically with this year in Boston if they should go on and win this whole thing Allison if you're a Blue Jackets fan does this is this a point of pride or is this have you picking a bridge downtown to jump off of if you're a Blue Jackets fan
2: yeah personally for me I've never been a fan of this of this point I think that I mean ultimately only one team doesn't lose (laughs) and it's a narrative I don't really subscribe to. What I think has become crystal clear, however, isn't so much the losing to the eventual, in theory, cup winner, but is, again, as as we've talked about, um, is the opportunity lost. Um, yeah. Everyone was saying that that Boston-Columbus series was going to be the decisive series. And I think, and, and we saw, too, that the jacket. I mean, the Jackets hung with Boston far better than Carolina did. Um, if they could have found a way through, um, I think that's, that's what's going to gnaw at people. And, and the players, I'm sure, more so than we lose to the eventual cup winner year after year.
1: Tom, it, I, it sure is going to be, if Boston wins this thing, it's sure going to feel like this was the Blue Jackets' best chance. I, of course, Stanley Cup,
3: God, it's as, weird to say. Yes, as as I will I will go opposite Allison's point just from a fan standpoint. As a Ranger fan,
2: oh here we go. Uh,
3: I finally got my cup in '94, but they should have won one in '92. That was the year that uh, you know they were up two one on the Penguins in the second round. Ended up losing the series, and. They go through, uh, Pittsburgh goes through Boston in four, goes through Chicago in four. And it was like, I don't know, the Rangers would have won in four and four in those last two series, but I think they could have won the cup that year. And it's, but it still bothers me to this day how close they like were to the uh, second cup.
1: You sound like George's dad bitching about the J.B. trade.
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. the, But I guess my point is, is those things, those things, those things stick with you. They eat at and, you. Uh, and I think that if, 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 if Boston, as I expect, goes right through whoever the West throws out there, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard on the players. And I will say this, though. It, it will, I think, in some way justify the moves that Yarmo made because they were, they, they're they going to look back and they were really that close. They were that close. This team was good enough to win the Stanley Cup as comprised if they could have gotten by Boston. Now, they I don't think they went into it thinking they were going to be playing Tampa Bay and Boston right off the bat when they made those deals. They thought they were going to have to be going through Washington and Pittsburgh. But, boy, how, how, would, you like to be a, how would you like to be a Penguins today? You, the team that beat you swept you, and then that right. team got swept as well. And, and then, then that the team, team after got, that got, and got swept. And then that team got
2: swept. Right. Yeah.
3: So, um, but, no, I, I, I do think that I, – I do think it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt more it's because you, you can say, well, this is the third year in a row. I don't think those Blue Jacket teams, the pr- previous two, were good enough to go on and win the Cup. I, I, I really don't. I, I don't think the, the Blue Jackets as comprised last year would have beaten, ultimately beaten Tampa Bay this year, the, 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 the Tampa team that they had last year. And I don't think that the 16-17 Blue Jackets were good enough to run the table and win the next three rounds,
1: yeah. as opposed to this team that I think could have done that. Yeah. Now, riddle me this. Uh, this is this should be a Malcolm Gladwell podcast revisionist history, but the Blue Jackets finished one point behind Carolina. If they had tied Carolina, they would have finished seventh in in the in the division, or the first wild card, if you will. Are we having a total—I mean, they got through Tampa Bay, which is almost hard to— I think that'll be appreciated more as, as it gets more in the rearview mirror. But is Columbus in a different situation today, Allison, if they end up— playing Washington in the first round and then the Islanders and then Boston in the third round?
2: Well, I mean, that, thats that, um, I, I don't know. I think it, it if they, if it, it, it would still come down to, do they beat still Boston lost. or not? Right. And, yeah. and as we, as, as jackets fans are finally able to learn, it's a tough lesson. It only hurts more the deeper you go. Right. So, um, I, I and, and, and who's to say that that would have been an easier path for them? The Islanders gave them fits. Now they were injured in the postseason and had some goaltending struggles. But who's to say yeah. that's the easier path? They, they handled Tampa easily. Um, it would have still come down to Boston. The only thing that could have changed there is would there have been more health, particularly on the blue line, by the time they saw Boston? I don't know. That might be the only reason that path could have potentially been easier.
1: Yeah, the Bruins have won seven games in a row now, which that is impressive in the in the postseason. And they're going to get at least a week off, I think, in maybe minimum eight days before yeah. they start the Stanley Cup final. So th- this is the break that they needed. The break they did not get after uh, the first round or really the second round. Tom, well, did you see a, the okay. Bruins buzzsaw saw winning the Stanley Cup? Yeah,
3: the only I think if. I think the guy that's the engraver on the Conn Smythe Award, as long as he can remembers, there's two U's in, in Tuca, he could probably knock off early and just put the name on now and, and, and go about his summer plans. Because I, I do think that Boston wins the next round. I think Rask ends up winning the... Although it's weird, he had a shutout last night and I was really watching more of the basketball game. But every time I flipped over to the hockey game, they... Well, they they were like going through seven, eight, nine minute spells without even a shot on goal. yeah, that was... think about this. they were able to rest their one of their you know their long time best defenseman. I know he's not their really their best defenseman anymore in a game in an elimination game,
2: yeah,
3: but what a what a luxury when you can just say, "Hey, take the night off today don't worry about it and well, they, and they still have that kind of defensive output.
2: It's going to be interesting though, and and this might be a lesson for the jackets if they are. Watching, I know some players told us in exits they weren't necessarily sure they'd watch any more hockey this year. Um, is, is to see how Boston does deal with that long break, right? Because I think we all agree there was some rust when the Jackets came into game one for Boston, yeah. and and this is if Boston can do it and come in sharp and, and keyed up for game one of the final. I think that's an important lesson. For, and I don't think the Jackets did anything wrong, right? I mean, I think it's a hard – it's a benefit, but it's a hard obstacle mentally. Um, yeah. I think that watching how Boston responds is going to be an interesting coda to how the Jackets year ended.
1: And it sure looks like that Sharks Blues is going to go a while.
2: Oh.
1: Although they're trying to hand it to the Sharks.
2: It's a difficult call. They'll have to get the call right. I hand <laughs> it to the
1: Sharks, I say. Um, all right. Anything else to add, all oh, y'all?
2: Alexander Wenberg scored two goals.
1: Unbelievable! And then he had two assists.
2: Then two assists. Cool. But listen, here's for all the the jawing about it. How many players have come back and said that going to Worlds and having a good tournament there helped rejuvenate their game? So
1: I don't know how many. <laughs> Well, Newt New
3: To Allison's point, I, I will give like Newtavara was a big thing for Nudavara last year, and
2: it was for yeah. Nick Foligno, and it was for Cam Atkinson as well.
1: Okay, <laughs> I
3: it don't necessarily agree with Allison, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to add to her point. People I'm have said to it. Help
1: her out on, I'm trying no, to people... add,
3: help her out on her
1: point for sure. <laughs> People have said and players believe it. It almost it always hits me sort of like a strong finish in, in April, really is a springboard right. into the next year and right. you're like that's six months later. And it never I mean, all those all those years the Blue Jackets had that great finish and it's gonna be a springboard into next year. They fell flat on their face at the start the next year. And then they had another great finish. Remember those years like four oh, in yeah. where they're like, All you're doing is screwing up the draft pick. But Anyways, um, good for Wenberg. I mean, God, Wenberg needs to feel right the puck. The the best part of two goals is two shots. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying.
2: Well, and, that, yeah. and and in his case, legitimately, I mean, if he if if however much of this is mental and confidence, just to see it come back, yes. it it, it right. I agree with you. It's a long summer, but God, that's a better way to go into it mentally than than what he struggled with in Columbus. 100%
1: there. To feel dangerous with the puck on your stick. That's right. When's the last time you could say that? So, all right, well, good stuff, folks. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for reading our stuff and watching. Uh, We'll be uh, probably doing one one of these a week um, with the possibility of more with big news coming um, up until the draft. And then we'll take Take it from there into free agency and such. So, uh, thanks for being with us, and we will talk to you soon.